Welcome to the Heal Everything Podcast with none other than Tama Aziz Serwa. You are not here by coincidence. This is a sacred space for the holy, ratchet woman who knows that she has the power to heal everything. I'm going to help you learn some new things, create a legacy of healing, elevate your mind. You do not want to miss an episode of this podcast. So make sure you subscribe and you share and you favorite us. And invite your sisters because we're about to have a powerful conversation. Tune in. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Heal Everything podcast. You are listening to Reverend and High Priestess Tema Aziz Serwa. And this is the series on sacred sisterhood. Yes, I have another phenomenal guest that I'm bringing to all of my listeners who are, by the way, in 22 countries. It's amazing right now that so many of you all over the world are resonating with our conversations. So tonight's topic is sacred sisterhood recovering from sister trauma. This is important. It's important because I feel like in sisterhood, you can discover things about yourself that only another woman can reflect to you. Sacred sisterhood should reveal some blind spots, but sometimes the process of that revelation can be painful and traumatic. And so when it is, I want you to have some tools to be able to process the pain and not get stuck in it and be able to move forward and not abandon the beauty of sacred sisterhood just because you got hurt trying to figure out who's your true tribe. So for this conversation, I have this amazing powerhouse. I'm in love with her. She is such an incredible soul and she has been vetted in the community and doing her work for quite some time. So I have Reverend Dr. Kelly V. Hayes. She serves as the executive pastor of Real Power African Methodist Episcopal Church, formerly Hunter Memorial in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, where her husband, the Reverend Dr. Harold B. Hayes Jr., is the senior pastor, and together they are the founders of H&K Global Enterprises Incorporated, a boutique business dedicated to helping people maximize their potential in life and love. Together, they are the proud parents of three adults and two grandchildren. Dr. Hayes attended Hampton University, so for any of my listeners that rep Hampton, whoop, whoop, (laughs) in Hampton, Virginia, where she studied fashion, merchandising, and marketing. She received both her Master's of Theological Studies and Doctorate of Ministry from Wesley Theological Seminary in Washington, D.C. Her master's thesis was entitled Lifting as We Climb, a womanist perspective on the necessity of women's ministry in the African-American church. Come through, doctor! (laughs) (laughs) Her doctoral thesis And the Excellence in Church Leadership track is entitled Revive Us Again, 
holistic leadership development modules for lay leaders in transition. Mm, she's deep. I'm telling y'all, y'all gonna enjoy this. Additionally, she has completed the Foundations and Christian Leadership Certificate program at Duke Divinity School. Dr. Hayes is both a certified executive coach and meditation teacher, a CEO of Enlightened Woman Enterprises, LLC, and she is using her gifts and passion for leadership development, strategic planning, and organizational management to help individuals, corporations, and nonprofits leverage their resources and creativity for peak performance. EWE serves as the umbrella for lead tech, life vision coaching and consulting, enlightened woman publishing, and serenity meditation and breath works. Much of her work is centered on her desire to see women live a holistically empowered and fulfilling life. To that end, she joyfully hosts the Serenity Experience. Y'all like how that sounds? Say it with me, everybody. The Serenity Experience. <laughs> a perfectly curated, intimate experience for women in midlife, ready to master this magnificent season of their lives. And Mondays in the Meditation Room with Dr. K for Midlife Musings. She's an author, having released her first book, which I love, The Enlightened Woman. Reflections and inspiration to rediscover the joy of being you in midlife and beyond. And she is a proud member of the illustrious sisterhood of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority. I know y'all are making y'all sounds going y'all do your thing. Above all else, her desire is to honor God with her life by using the gifts that God has given her to make an impact leave a legacy of healing and hope in her generation and beyond. Esther 4, 14 says, for who knows, but that you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Join me in welcoming the phenomenal Reverend Dr. <clears throat> Kelly V. Hayes. Yes! Yes! I am so overjoyed to be with thee tonight. Oh, so overjoyed. So it's one thing to be connected and in the vicinity of each other because we share circles and have been connected through social media. But when I met you at Vanessa Elam's conference, um, I felt like I had already known you. And, and when it feels that way for me, I know it's a divine connection. Yes. So I knew right away that I would start investing in our sisterhood. Yes. And reading your bio, I have learned so much about you that I didn't know. Yes. And look, I, I feel like every time I hear it read, I'm like, wow, that is cool. Yes. Yes. So, you know, when when I was at Vanessa's retreat, I also got your book and I started reading it. And when I got to your chapter about sisterhood, the first paragraph was enough for me. I'm a, I'm not going to read it to my listeners only because I want y'all to go get the book. <laughs> yeah. But that first paragraph of that chapter, I said, oh, I would love for you to be a part of this series that we're doing on sacred sisterhood and, and specifically help 
my listeners understand a few things. One, why does sisterhood come with trauma sometimes? You know, like, why? I'm just trying to love my sister. Yeah, I know. And two, okay, it's here. So what can I do to create and protect my peace and not shut down and stop being available? for sacred sisterhood. So I know you have a story about sisterhood trauma. Mm -hmm. And if you're comfortable, I would love if we start the conversation there. Mm -hmm. It, when, when I got the topic for tonight, a story immediately came up and uh, that caused such great consternation and pain and trauma for me. Um, a friend who we had known each other from three and four. That's that's how oh, far wow. I went, three and four. And um, just thick as thieves, all kind of trouble we got into, good things, bad. She exposed me to a whole lot um, as we were growing up and such positive things. And she was somewhat of a forerunner for me. We were several months, she was several months ahead of me in age. And she was in my wedding, just uh, just wonderful friendship. Um, but when she got married, uh, it was so strange. By the time she got married, it was so strange, but I didn't know why. It was distance, it was, um, even when I would show up to visit, she relocated, show up to visit when I showed up for her, when her, her mom died, just all, just, but it always felt so strained and weird all of a sudden. And I could not put my finger on it. And Tama, can I tell you for years, I just lived with that pain. I couldn't, I couldn't, mm. I didn't ask any questions. I didn't know what even you know her spouse at the time was just ghosting on me stopped really talking i would go visit he would never come down to speak it was just the weirdest thing and i can't tell you what happened but something happened and it shifted me as a space and it was like i just saw red one day i just sat down and i called and i literally like was you know what the hell <laughs> I was like, I don't understand what has happened. And I mean, you know, expletive, expletive, girl was mm -hmm. going expletive, expletive. And she was quiet for a minute. And then she said something that just blew me. She said, I had a conversation with a mutual friend. And she said that you said X, Y, and Z. Oh, what? my God. <laughs> girl. Whew. I'm I'm in this story. I'm with you. I'm saying <laughs> I saw red again. I was like, are you kidding me? I said, what? first of all, you should, I thought I, that, and that's where the pain came. I said, I thought you knew me better than that. Why wouldn't you then say something to me? Because I never said no such thing. And I did, it was the person said something that judged her for action. And I said, I could care less about that. I don't, it didn't matter to me. Did I say, when I found out, did I say anything to you? Did I mention any of it? And then I just went down the whole string of things that we missed together over the years because of that. 
and mm-hmm. she apologized and you know her spouse you know did a whole turnaround but I still felt some kind of way about that for a minute and we eventually began to you know men that kind of talk and we're in a totally different place now but that was some serious trauma and for a couple of reasons there's some layers in there because for one i'm still investing and you're still receiving and pushing me away at the same time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a simple conversation could have took care of all of this so when you were going through that experience did the question come for you after finding out what what it was all about did you begin to question her integrity and character because I did because that was and I'm sitting here trying to love you Mm -hmm. yeah and and that was the most hurting thing and that was the first thing I said I thought you knew me better than that and why wouldn't you trust me enough to call me and tell me that that was said? Like, call me cussing cussing and screaming and hollering that you couldn't believe I said that. So I could then say, I didn't say that. <laughs> right? And then you know, every now and then in sisterhood, you will run into a woman who just simply wants to have an issue with you. Mm-hmm. So was the issue really that she thought you said that or or did you discover that it was actually something deeper? I really thought she thought we betrayed her in that, in that manner. Cause all of us were really, really good friends. Me, you know, through my my husband and her husband. And we, I really thought we were closer than that because our friendship went beyond and much longer than the person who said that to her we preceded that that's tough and i've i've gone through similar type of experiences where women don't have confrontational skills Mm -hmm. and it made me change what i require to be an intimate sisterhood with me Mm -hmm. Because I will be malnourished in relationships where people don't talk to me. If you don't use your words and if you're not willing to confront me on things, I can't be your friend. I won't. And as you asked me that question, and I can't say whether she did or not, and I'm okay with even asking her this even at this point in our relationship, is when you said that, was it deeper? And I'm wondering if she felt some level of angst and guilt around what was happening um, that that our other mutual friend kind of pulled her on the carpet on. And Mm. maybe she was, you know, it was painful, but maybe she felt some kind of way about that behavior and maybe thought we were judging. That's a good point. Because I'm thinking as you're thinking out loud, I know we're both doing that in the middle of this. <laughs> I know. I know the listeners are learning something because we've all had experiences like this. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I'm not ignorant about in sisterhood is you can you do get so close to someone that you project, mm-hmm. especially when you get triggered. Mm-hmm. But that does not automatically equate to trauma. It becomes traumatic when neither people 
have the skills to look at what's in the room, face it, work through it, know that just because there's an issue that doesn't mean love is absent, you know? So I feel like I was listening to you share that and I was like, yeah, okay. What triggered her reaction was the other girl saying something, you know, talking out the Mm -hmm. side of her. But what hurt her had to be deeper than that. Mm -hmm. Had to be. Yep. Just she chose to believe it without even betting. Yes, belief without betting. And that was the main thing that I challenged her with. And it it went on so long because I just thought, you know, she's going to kind of talk to me about what's going on. Because I was, I had literally no clue. And I think the fact that we weren't really in close proximity, that we would see each other, I just allowed it to go for you know, an extreme amount of time before I processed and then confronted her. And I think it was because we weren't in each other's space. We didn't have to see each other. She was in another state by that time. And I just Mm -hmm. kept. Do you, when you reflect on that experience, I know you and her are in a good space now, which is a blessing. Mm -hmm. And and I can't wait to hear how you were able to recover and get back in a good space. When you look back though, on the part of you, that tolerated mm-hmm. giving your love, mm-hmm. knowing that it wasn't being fully received. Were you able to figure out what that was about for you? I absolutely could because for all of our relationships, whatever type of relationship it is, and even especially in the divine connection of women, is that we don't befriend outside of our context, whatever that is, emotionally, physically, Mm -hmm. psychologically. So I came into that context, into our relationship, um, voiceless. Um, Mm, That's deep, Kelly. Because my context was, you know, I grew up without knowledge of my father and I grew up in a family that kept secrets, that didn't talk. Um, I grew up in a family that, you know, you don't talk, you don't share, you don't definitely don't talk back, you don't question. And so I grew up, you know, voiceless. I didn't speak about what I was feeling. I didn't speak up and I didn't speak out. And even in our relationship, her, her personality was a little bit stronger than mine. She didn't abuse that, but it was... Um, almost like a big sister, little sister kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. All of that kind of played into that. So I just didn't say anything for a minute. And I, I take took ownership of the fact that it took me so long uh, till I was just angry mm-hmm. and finally blew up. So that that was for me the context and why it took so long is because that was the context I bought into that relationship. And that was the context I continued in that relationship. So we don't have relationships where we come with clean slates. We bring all of that with us. All of who we are comes mm-hmm. in. Yep. And I feel like in intimate relationships, whether they're romantic, you know, family, whatever, the person you are in relationship with is your master teacher. Yep. And their job is to show you where you're still wounded. Mm-hmm. It's yep. our job to do the healing so that the wound does not take over the relationship. 
The fact that I got to the place that I could confront her was because I had started doing inside work. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to tolerate it (laughs) anymore. He was like, ain't nobody going to love me less than I love myself. Yep. (laughs) I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this. Man, that's profound. Because, you know, I had a similar experience with my childhood best friend where you know, when you when you meet, and we talked about this in um, the episode with Lily Wilson, most of your trauma-bonded relationships are childhood relationships mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because they're always trying to relate to older versions of you. Yep. So the fact that her and I have a sisterhood intact today is a miracle mm-hmm. because we've known each other since like five or six, similar to your friend, you know, and we've just made a covenant with each other to be willing to put in the work to get to know who we're always becoming. Yep. Yep. And even when it's been difficult, even when, you know, she made some assumptions, I made some, you know, sometimes we talk, sometimes we just didn't use our words, but the love, Mm -hmm. you know, reminds me of first Corinthians 13, love keeps no record of wrongdoing love, you know, love really can conquer everything, but love is a decision. (laughs) <laughs> it is a decision. And I, I made that decision. I can't say that I thought things were going to continue on. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I was okay with whatever it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I had and known I being to... decisive became the medicine that was needed, though. Yep, exactly. So would I, you I... say that women struggle recovering from their sister traumas because nobody's deciding to face the elephant in the room? Absolutely. Absolutely. That ability to confront is, it is a beast uh, because we, we, we fear loss. Mm -hmm. We'll even put up with it in a minimized and diminished state versus it being completely lost Mm -hmm. and so we 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 put up with it and what do you do if one person's willing to try to confront something but the other is checked out and not interested you can't do anything about it and that's painful that's painful because once you speak your truth and as best you can and in a place of good intention and goodwill, you can't control the other person. You have to let them, you have to let them be. It's it's almost like because they're in their own traumatized space and whatever it is they're going through. And sometimes it has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. It's like trying to be in friendship and sistership with a sister who's in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. You see the trauma you see the danger but you can't make them see it for themselves and that is painful you have to stay on the outside until they're willing to participate they have to be willing wow. to participate. yeah you either have to stay on the outside or and you have to create a process of peace and closure that has nothing to do with them yep and I that one of the myths of sisterhood is that I'm gonna say it and, and you I want to hear your perspective on it. I feel like loyalty is overrated. Oh my goodness. You know why? 
because I feel like there's a time and season for everything. And to assume that just because I invested years with this woman, I'm supposed to continue this journey. And you're trying to be loyal to that, but you know that y'all are orbiting in completely different universes. Yep. And that was the, but, and it's in the individual, you get to that place and then you own it and you're okay with it. Because when I called, I knew it could have went left. I Mm -hmm. knew it could have been the end, but I was willing to accept however it went because I was ready to move on. Mm. So what I hear you saying reminds me of what my Baba, my spiritual father taught me about pain. Because he said, daughter, pain is the fruit of resistance. It's what we refuse to accept. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as long as you wish that the outcome is anything other than what it is, Mm -hmm. it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. And it's going to hurt. And I I was trying to make her be who we were. And not who you had become. Not who she was in that particular moment. And yeah. in a in a what what Eckhart Tolle says, pain body. She was in pain body because she would not even talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. And we were in this, you know, diminished kind of elephant in the room kind of relationship. And neither one of us said anything about it. And I just was like, okay, when I make this call, <laughs> this is gonna be it. The chips gonna fall where they met. Where they land. And sometimes that's a part of the process of recovery, though, mm-hmm. right? It reminds me of like what people who have substance abuse addictions experience when they go into rehab. There's like that period that does feel like death, like my body yeah. is expelling all of this. So like in sisterhood, there are real moments where your spirit is like, I have outgrown this relationship as it is. Doesn't mean I don't love you. Doesn't mean I don't want to continue to invest. But I have got to kill this relationship as it is, and we're going to have to rebirth a new one together. Exactly. And that's what has happened. That is what has happened. And what can happen if both persons are on their own journey of personal wellness and doing the inner work is not going to work if only one person is doing it. Right. Then you're going to have to release that. What if, though... One person's at a certain level of work and the other is not. What if they're at different levels? Can it still, can they still be compatible in sisterhood? They can, they absolutely can be. You just have to accept it for what it is. Like this, this is a totally different relationship, but it's somewhat the same. If you, if you can receive it in this manner, it's like me and my mother or Mm -hmm. my mother who, did not believe in women preaching or in leadership in church, but I clearly felt the call and answered it. Mm-hmm. And she did not come to my initial sermon. She, you know, and so I had to make a choice to not include her in that part of my life and be stressed out about it and make her. So I I continued to love her as my mother. Nothing, no love was lost. And mind you, I had to also live with the the pain of that, that they fully accepted my husband, but not me. I had to make a choice not to become bitter about that because she was where she was. 
she was who she was and I let it be tame. I had to let it be. I didn't feel any kind of way. I could go to my, my home church. My husband would preach and I would be having a good time loving and laughing. And I decided to release that and love her on her terms with where she was and not let where she be, where she was affect my joy and ability to do what I was called to do. Can I tell you when I let that thing go, I had so much peace and can mm. I, I don't know what happened, Tamer. We never had a conversation. She just started calling me, asking me spiritual questions where before she would call my husband. And I was like, hmm, what's happening? And but she that just speaks started, to the power of accepting and allowing accepting and trusting the process. And allowing, trusting the process. So whatever relationship, even if it's a sisterhood, you change how you have that relationship. I have a group of friends that I don't use certain language about. I mean, I don't use certain language with or broach mm-hmm. certain subjects about my um, expanded spirituality because I know that's not where they are. So I can go to lunch, laugh, and and have fun and and not have to make them be where I am. Ooh, you preaching now. Now you can ready to preach. I, I, I did not bring my tambourine or my <laughs> organ for this podcast interview no you're saying something like i'm listening to you and i'm having two reactions one i'm i'm not in my head mm-hmm. but my stomach is stirring up because i'm fascinated mm-hmm. that you're able to be expanded enough in your energy field mm-hmm. that e- even when you're aware that people are not on the same vibration, mm-hmm. you're unbothered. That's a skill. Mm-hmm. But and can I, I tell you, my mother taught me that being in oh, that the space iron of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because there's there's a habit that some women develop where I just got to get up out of here. They start running mm-hmm. because you ain't on my vibration. Mm-hmm. I think it's a delicate dance between accepting people for who they are Mm -hmm. and being wise enough to know where to place people. Like in my power of pleasure class, I teach in the romantic context, I teach my students, this is how you properly place men in your love life. You got your, your, (laughs) yeah, I would just put it Mm -hmm. out here. Got your fuck boys, right? Mm-hmm. They're not but they're good deacons. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you and that. Oh my gosh, that that whole placing people in your orbit where where it's most comfortable and freeing for you. Yeah, and it, so and it depends on what... that with women and sisterhood. Mm-hmm. I don't think we think about. Pro- I need to properly place my sister in the right. You're gonna have. Like you said, there are some friends who I can't go into those depths about our spiritual ideology. We don't think or agree on that, but we can go have some tea and go, you know what I mean? We, I mean, love, love, love them. I mean, we have like a, a it, since COVID, it hasn't been, but we would meet monthly, you know, for lunch and just catch up and share and be intimate. But I'm not going to go and girl, my energy is a little off right now today. And that's then the moon, this full moon is just, I know. That, <laughs> That's you not the group for that. what you talking about. That's not the group for that because I know they be rebuking me and they all that kind of stuff. And that they don't gonna let you out. <laughs> they be throwing slinging oil on me and stuff, trying to deliver me. But I also I don't, I don't want that. But 
the the only way that I can do that is because they're not they're not pulling on me in that way. They're not triggering oh, mm-hmm. me and have those kind of expectations. And so I don't expect them to, if I know that that's not what they are, why would I um, try to, you know, put that on them? That Then yeah, that's I me not respecting who they are. I ain't trying to convince nobody or nothing. I do not believe in evangelism. Mm-hmm. Let me be and I will let you be. Absolutely. So why do women struggle sometimes with letting each other be? What Mm -hmm. what kind of things can we start cultivating within ourselves Mm -hmm. um, to give each other room to be right where we are? That that comes with your self-knowledge so that you don't feel the compulsion to do that. Sometimes we feel compulsion you know, compelled to do things because there's a lack in us and mm. really isn't. And so we don't have to compel um, people to feel spaces in us because we're already full. And mm-hmm. so when we're like, when you say recovering from sister trauma and all of that is in, we have to cultivate that place of getting still. We have to get still identify what it is we're feeling and ID those emotions, whether they're really true or they are something that is not based in truth. Mm -hmm. Because everything we feel is not based in truth. That's a fact. I felt like somebody was walking behind me the other night when I was bringing (laughs) emotions because nobody (laughs) there, Kelly. Nobody. But that's how the mind, the mind has so much information to filter. And one of the things I've been reflecting on lately is all organ, all information is neutral Mm -hmm. until we organize it and file it. Yep. So is that those emotions you're feeling, are they true or are they trauma-induced? Are you reacting Mm -hmm. to trauma? Are you being triggered? And that's why you're feeling what you're feeling. And so you have to really, it's it's a skill and it, and it you grow into that because I didn't always know that I'm not my thoughts, that I'm not my emotions. So where is it coming from? Is it mm-hmm. true or is it triggered? Is it trauma? What, how do I identify that? And then where is it coming from? Because it may not have anything to do with the person I'm dealing with. Oh, that's good. That's good. So what does it look like? Is there like a vision you could give us? Can you help us see what is possible on the other side when you're not being led by pain, trauma, Mm. and you get out of the cycle of being, of expecting disappointment? Mm -hmm. You know, what does it look like on the other side? A decision a decision to know what you need in that season of your life so you can decide whether you want to release it or restore it. Mm. It has to be a decision. Like in that moment, I had to make a decision. Do I want to release it, this friendship, or do I want to restore it? And I didn't make myself make that decision right away because I had to sort through my my anger. I had to sort through 
my frustration and my pain. And once I sorted through that and I was willing to accept her apology um, and that we really had a, a very honest conversation about what was happening, um, I said, I can, I can restore it. We can restore this. It just has to have a new foundation. Mm. That reminds me of the the goddesses, mm -hmm. the ones of light and the ones of dark, the ones like Kali who are known as masterful destroyers. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, it reminds me of Genesis chapter one where everything came off of the void. Yep. We yep. have to stop being resistant to change. Mm -hmm. And we have to allow relationships to evolve mm -hmm. or not. <laughs> and we have to stop also believing that it has to be perfect. Right. I don't want to be friends with nobody that can't handle me cussing them out. Because mm -mm. I'm going to let you cuss me out because because I'm going to give the disclaimer. I'm mature enough to say I'm going to use the best vocabulary I have, but I am emotionally charged right now. Mm -hmm. it may not come out as I intend, but this doesn't mean I don't love you, but we got something we got to clear. You know, yep. like I, I don't want the facade. No, if, if it costs me my truth and my voice, then it's not for me. Yeah, that's good. If it costs me my truth and my voice, then it is not for me. That's yeah. too much to pay. Been been through too much to get to this level of peace and understanding of my own self to give it back up because you don't know who you are. So this is the last thing I think I want to ask you, or maybe not. I don't know, but I feel like I'm I'm starting to wrap up and settle in the energy. But do you feel like at this stage in your life you're choosing your relationships, mm -hmm. or are they? magnet magnetize like or do they just it just fits they just your people you find them you run into them or is it a conscious these are the people I want to be in relationship with I think it may be a combination of both but if I'm honest with where I am mm -hmm. vibrationally I'm letting the spirit lead me to those connections mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily trying or I'm not trying to oh I need to go over here I need to you know the whole big thing for a while was networking you gotta yeah. I, I let all of that go and I'm just being uh what I would say surrendered to the spirit to just like I was surrendered to the spirit when I clearly knew I was supposed to be at the goddess getaway mm -hmm. And I wasn't coming for any, you know, networking opportunity. I just felt like I needed to be present. And mm -hmm. out of those encounters, to me, is where those um, connections can happen. And that's what I'm open to. That's where I am now. I'm not looking. I've I've been okay with the seasons of quiet and isolation where I've had friends, mm -hmm. but I haven't talked to them in a, in a minute. I've just been in a cocoon, healing or growing or learning. And then when it's time, the time will happen mm -hmm. to be in company with those I love. But I still love them. They, I mean, it's not, I'm not mad at anybody. Nothing crazy is going on. Yeah. I'm just in that season, like 
us having this conversation, I could have never thought that this was going to be or have planned it. It was mm -hmm. in obedience to the spirit at that time to be at a certain place at a certain time. Yep. Divine synchronicities. Divine synchronicities. And I'm so over trying to make things happen and being anxious. I just decided in this season of my life um, that I'm going to focus and flow, focus on those things that are meaningful and brings me joy and fulfillment and flow with the leading of the spirit. And it has been one of the most joyous seasons of my life. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like the shift from trying to manage your life to actually living. Yes. <laughs> yes. You hit the nail on the head. Like. You hit the it's nail. Like, I'm not forcing nothing. Mm -mm. <laughs> I'm alive. So mm -hmm. as soon as I realized I done woke up and took that first breath, there begins the journey of today, not tomorrow, the journey not of yesterday. And yeah. I love one of the things I have on constant replay is um, Tony Jones, speak nice, mm -hmm. talk nice to me. And in the morning, <laughs> that's my favorite. It's like, mm -hmm. stop bullying yourself and go with the flow. You are right. Whatever doesn't get done in this moment will be getting done in the next. And if it doesn't get done in the next, then I have to release it. it that has been a place that I have long seen in my in my third eye. And to actually be encroaching upon it and starting to live in it um, is something that I'm so grateful for. Yeah, I feel more alive than I've ever felt. And I think like as I listen to you describe your thoughts, your choices, your behaviors, it's reflecting to me like, yeah, this is what like living looks like. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to say to our listeners that when you know that you are love, you stop treating your decisions to be love like a task, mm -hmm. an assignment. Mm -hmm. And you begin to relieve all of your relationships of pressure. Yes. Because you're not treating love like a goal because you know you are love. Mm -hmm. So even when you need to say goodbye, how can love be lost? Yep. When we are love. When we are love. And that's why you can recover from sisterhood trauma and sister relationships you really can't recover you have to just be okay with what that recovery looks like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sometimes it looks like girl we worked through that thank god we got through it and sometimes it looks like sometimes it does i never want to talk to you again mm -hmm. i'm good this cycle is complete i think i got everything i needed here mm -hmm. and that's okay too so <laughs> Kelly, when you speak, you sound like water to me. I don't know if anybody's ever told you that, but you sound like calm, streaming water. <laughs> you have a very strong water element, and this conversation was just so soothing. Like I'm, I was sitting up at first. I done laid down under the <laughs> sunset. I said, I said, the only thing I was missing was my glass of wine, honey, because. 
this is this is so Tamer. I have heard that before. Yeah, it, but not like so that. Important. That oh my gosh, the way you just described that. I have heard people say, Oh my god, your voice is so calming. Or is this and I'm like, hmm. Well, okay. But I literally have stretched out. I was like, why am I laying down? And I didn't even realize it. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I said, dang, she Kelly to lay me out. She ain't even in the room. So thank yeah. you. I know that you have had a lot of experiences. And I'm so proud of your decision to take everything you've experienced and turn it into something powerful, precious, and purposeful. And I pray that as you continue to move through 2022 and the energy of this year, that every target you set in your mind, you hit with ease, Mm -hmm. um, with accuracy, Mm -hmm. efficiency, nothing wasted, no vibrational mismatches in any area of our lives, right? That's my mantra right now. Yes. Um, and I just pray that for my listeners, that you really, really, really take all of the things you're hearing in this series and let it change you. Mm-hmm. Let it change mm-hmm. you in a way that you have to reintroduce yourself because the ah. who you become is so much more vibrant Mm. than who you have been. Mm. Mm -hmm. And every woman listening, I know I have a range of listeners, so I don't want to leave anybody else out. So I'll just say for everybody listening, my intention in doing these conversations and bringing in my sisters was to show you that sisterhood is real. Yes. (laughs) It really is. It's not hard. Love is easy, but fear is hard. Mm-hmm. But love, oh, that's easy. So I want everybody to leave these conversations and go back to your lives and have amazing relationships. Have amazing, incredible women in your life. If it hurt what you experienced with other women, I'm asking you to choose to make your past irrelevant and become fully present to the opportunity in this moment and choose recovery. (laughs) Because Kelly will tell you it's a decision. (laughs) You got to choose to heal, right? Ah, So with all that being said, please tell them how to stay connected to you, how they can get your book and some of the things that you provide us tools and resources. Yes. Oh, I can be found on all the social media handles at Kelly V. Hayes. It's K-E-L-L-I-E V. Hayes, H-A-Y-E-S. Mm-hmm. Um, book is online at on Amazon, or you can hit me up. I have a stash. I always keep a stash. And if you're um, willing to... Uh, work directly with me. I can make sure you get it that way as well. So either way, Amazon or directly through me, DM me, send me. Mm-hmm. And give them the title of your book again in case they're like pulling it up. Mm-hmm. It's called The Enlightened Woman, Inspiration and Reflections to Rediscover the Joy of Being You. 
in midlife and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, just put the enlightened woman in there. It'll show up. It'll come up. And um, I do Mondays in the meditation room with Dr. K for Midlife Musings, just a sacred space for women in midlife to traverse this journey of this most significant season in our lives because women feel like they're all alone. Every woman I talk to is like, I thought I was going crazy. I thought it was the only me. I'm like, no, <laughs> you're not the only one. And so it that is in the serenity experience where we just do small intimate times for um, just loving on each other and journeying together during this season. I love it. I love it. And for those of you um, who are in our sacred virtual space on Facebook, Let the Womb Be Heard, our group, uh, Dr. Kelly is in there too. I told y'all these are my friends in real life. My sisters come on into the room and you are welcome to share your aha moments from tonight's episode to say, oh my goodness, this is what I heard that resonated with me or to post any questions that you may have. The space is there for you. There's over 1,700 women from all over the world. And let the womb be heard. And I don't have no rules. It's none of that. It's just come and let your womb be heard. What mm-hmm. is on your heart and what is inside of you that you need to express? Um, and so that is a safe space as well. Dr. Kelly V. Hayes, thank you so much for your time. When I invited you, you gave an immediate yes. I do not take that for granted. I know your yeses are intentional and thoughtful. So I am deeply grateful that you are one of my guests for the Heal Everything podcast. And I'm grateful to everybody that tuned in. I bless you with love, joy, and amazing sisterhood. And I can't wait to meet all of you in the next episode. Enjoy the rest of your evening.